Good morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration streaming live at klgo.net. Reminding you also that you can catch our audio program on Love Talk Network. Also catch up on our blogs, Evelyn. Speaking yes. of which... Blessed Thanksgiving to you, girl. Well, it has been a wonderful week of Thanksgiving and thanks for living, and that's what our theme's been about. One of the most exciting things I think that's happened this week, senior apart from, you know, family activities and all, all the things that make it so special, you know, for us. But mm-hmm. we have to recognize that not everybody has the kind of happy Thanksgiving that you and I have and in our family here at KLJO have. But it's been a wonderful week as we have shipped off those shoeboxes that are filled with the love of the Lord Jesus. Mm. And on Monday uh, of this week, we um, uh, it was so exciting as the U-Haul trucks and the pickup trucks and the trailers from all over Central Texas rolled into Pflugerville and we began to load those on the 18-wheelers and pray for each one of those boxes as they were put into the 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 big boxes, you know, they put the shoe boxes in big crates, and we number those and tell how many uh, are in there. I don't do any of that. I don't do numbers. Let me ask you a question. Did you tell me that that your altar at the church was was going, covered? Was covered. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, it was a very exciting thing, uh, Cindy. Uh, it was the worship service on Sunday. It was combined service because we do go to a large church, and they had the children line up. They had them all in the mall, uh, in the entryway of the church. And so they had the children, so a couple of them were in wheelchairs, bring those boxes uh, two at a time down and put them in at the altar. And Vance said he didn't know we had that many kids in our church. But then we kind of figured it out from a couple of little girls that were dressed like princess and, and then a couple of others that they were rotating. You know, they would take theirs down and they'd go back and get in line and come back through again. So it was very exciting as you see children as young as three years old taking a shoebox mm. down to put on the altar. And then we, we prayed over every one of those. That's what we did uh, as, you know, the the different uh, relay centers brought mm-hmm. them to the major collection point in in Flugaville. And with as they roll those big, big boxes on up those doll up the gangplank, I call it, into the 18-wheelers within, we just had um, teams that came and prayed over them. And then we have a uh, simple give prayer program where we'll be praying over the boxes for for the next six or eight months because a lot of them will not be delivered until next fall mm-hmm. or, or next summer mm-hmm. because of weather conditions and mm-hmm. into uh, customs. A lot of different factors enter into these boxes being delivered to children that may, f- for the first time in their life, hear the word Jesus and know that Jesus mm-hmm. loves them and has a design for their life. I'll tell you, you had told a story that I had not forgotten about the young girl who gave the testimony about how she was, her life was changed by mm-hmm. love in a box when she received her very first toothbrush. You know, I'll tell you this from an orphan's home where everybody used the same, same toothbrush. toothbrush. You know, this is when I fall back in love 
with not only the Savior, but the people of God. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I have talked so often about the glorious life that that God has provided to us. And sometimes I wonder if people think that means we were born on Easy Street. (laughs) No, I was born in the Great Depression. (laughs) Right. And, you know, but by the glorious life, I mean... For us to witness the things that we've witnessed in our lifetime is as if we are living the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible is alive in us as if we encounter God afresh over and over again as we see the people of God touch hearts all over this world as we see wells dug in faraway places, Mm -hmm. roads put in, uh, mobile dental clinics, mobile x-ray clinics, doctors, uh, healing, cleft palates, the mercy ships going into ports in, in on the Ivory Coast, Sierra de Leon, all of these things um, is, are not to be forgotten. Well, you know, I'm sorry. No, they're just, I think that these are the things, you know, when, when in the letter to the Philippians, when they're told to fix their mind mm-hmm. on what is good, these are the things. It isn't so much that everything is perfect in our lives or that we don't have heartache or that we're not experiencing hard times, but we've got to fix our eyes on a little shoebox that's going to a child and knowing that someone who has never had hope mm. is now going to experience hope and a sense of being worthy and of value. That is so too, Cindy. And, you know, we measure the um, joy level in our lives so often by what we think we need in life or what we want. And we don't fully understand uh, how out of proportion that is to a world uh, in which water is a very precious treasure. Uh, we, we really do need to get back to that point that we've talked about as we approach Thanksgiving of living a life of gratitude. Uh, I'm reminded of a young man that, um, wore bow ties and, um, he was very, very melancholy and he wanted everything his way and he ended up, uh, dissatisfied with his young bride and so he went to a psychologist. And the psychologist told him, just go home and take charge of your household. And, of course, he he thought that was the answer to his need or his want or his happiness. And basically, we, we put our level on happiness. Uh, and as he got home that evening, he began to tell his wife how things were going to change, that he was taking over the household, he was going to be boss, she would have his meals ready, she would have his shoes shine, she would do all these things that he thought would take to make him happy. And as he went through those things, he said to her, and you will tie my bow tie. Who is going to tie my bow tie? And, of course, she looked at him, Cindy, you know, just bewildered and said, I can tell you he's going to tie your bow tie. It's going to be the undertaker. And so sometimes we get our proportion or our portion of happiness out of what we think we need to make us happy. And sometimes it is to somebody, for someone to help us shine our shoes. Well, you know, there are just a number of sandpaper people. Mm, oh, yes, irregular ones, we call them. In all of our lives, the ones who just rub us 
the wrong mm-hmm. way. And I will tell you, there is nothing like the holidays <laughs> when you're when you're shoulder to shoulder in your own house. Sometimes you you know for hours or days at a time to be reminded that life can sometimes be pretty gritty. Now, you know, there are wars going on in houses like this one that you just pointed mm-hmm. out. Where, where literally, you know, there is that threat that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you don't behave yourself, you're going to find yourself someplace you, you'd rather not be. And, of course, Jim and I play like that quite a bit. I mean, uh, and it scares people because, uh, they have a tendency to think of Christians as being pretty milk toasty yeah. and not fiery. Yeah. Now, we have a tendency, you know, I could see Jim saying all of these things to me, and I can see me being the wife. Yeah, honey, you got, <laughs> you want that bow tie tied, the undertaker's going to tie it. <laughs> that's I, that's funny to me because we have a grandson that wears bow ties. And uh, it's, it's not to draw attention, sending necessarily to the things that make us unhappy. But we need to really focus on the things that God's blessed us with. And that's why Thanksgiving is so important. Uh, and we've been talking about King David and how King David was raised up with a positive spin on life. He, as a young man, went into a battlefield with the Philistines where a major giant was bringing uh, terror to the whole land of Israel and Judah. And and he looked at the giant, and he didn't see him as a giant. He saw him as a small thing because he saw God as being bigger than the giant. And sometimes in our life, we we really take on a perspective different from what David has. We, we just begin to think that God has deserted us. And so in these weeks, we've been moving forward. We've been talking about who it is that Jesus Christ is and that he never leaves us once we're in a relationship well, with him. Well, we ha- are in a series that we're calling The Present One. We walked through the promised one. And as we have moved through from the promised one to the present one, we have talked about through Isaiah 46 that Jesus is the ever-present one. You know, even when we're in forbearance in our thanksgivings, we can sometimes think, well, that person will never change. (laughs) Or never appreciate what I do. And every time they walk through my house, it is going to Always be the same. But you know, Evelyn, sometimes in order to live the life God intended, in order for us to live the hallelujah life of praise, in order for us to live in thanksgiving, we have to remember that it isn't that people are perfect. It isn't that things are perfect. It is that God is present and that he shows us a way through the nitty-gritty sandpaper people and places of our life. So here we are talking about thanks living, and we've come up to this time where we're using First Chronicles 16a, where you were talking about where David has is putting thanks in the bank. Mm-hmm. I loved that term that you used in our mm-hmm. last program, 
where he, they are coming and bringing the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God, and for the first time giving that a place to rest. The, the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God, mm-hmm. a place to rest. And David, who's been through a myriad of trials in his life, right. I mean, he's lived in a cave the most of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, if he isn't facing a Philistine, he's facing an ungrateful king who wants to kill him. He has wives that are running amok. He has sons who run amok. <laughs> I mean, he... He is the American style of life, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he, he's living the, the family dream and or nightmare at My different day. times. That is, that is true because, as you mentioned, uh, as he began to look at God and see the things that Israel and Judah needed to do, one was to establish a permanent place or a precious place for praise and thanksgiving. And because the Ark of the Covenant was to them much like the cross of Jesus Christ is to us, he had in his heart and in his plan to restore uh, the the reverence for the Ark of the Covenant. And so as they made precious preparations for that to come in he was so excited he danced in the street and of course what happened his wife criticized him for that and so you know sometimes in our uh, jubilant spirit we can get crosswise with other people but even so there not there must be an attitude of gratitude, of thanksgiving for thanks living in our lives, even today, Cindy. You know, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how it is that we have a, pre- a perspective of thanks living, a perspective of praise for the life that God has intended us to live, even in the middle of those nitty-gritty, down-and-dirty topsy-turvy, inside-out, upside-down times of our lives. Because you know what? There are no guarantees for the good times. But there is a guarantee for the great times with God. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I on both the audio audio portion of this program and our blog at lovetalknetwork.com. And when we're in the studio today and we're continuing to, to have our dialogue around the present one, this foundational idea that was so key to the New Testament where Christ comes in human form in the incarnate life to dwell amongst us, And then as he walks through his ministry, his short ministry on earth, and he gathers around him his leadership team, as he comes into Jerusalem, as we hear him say that he's come to turn the systems of man upside down, as he walks to Calvary and then is resurrected, then we see the perspective of the disciples Mm -hmm. who are incredibly Concerned 
who were full of anxiety because even as Jesus was ascending, he said, you know, I have to go. But I'm sending you a counselor of truth. I'm sending you the one who will guide you. And then, of course, all during the course of the New Testament and into John, he says to the disciples again and again, the whole principle of abiding. I will be with you. Mm -hmm. The Emmanuel principle, God with us. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. And yet many of us live in a place where we feel so alone in life, as if everything depends on us, what we do, how we do it, who we do it with, and how we accomplish the things we set out to accomplish. But you know, in the Christian life and in thanks living, things are very, very different, just as they were in the mm -hmm. New Testament, where Christ comes to turn literally every system upside down. He says, I also come. To turn your idea of gain upside down. Right. Because I tell you that if you live in thanks and thankfulness, if you give out of thankfulness the abundant life, if you know that in your heart, if you keep giving and keep pouring it out, I'm going to keep restoring you, keep filling you. You know, we're all leaky vessels. <laughs> we're all cracked pots. And we were talking about that on our last break. But the truth of the matter is so much of what we um, do ha and how we live has to do with how we see the world around us. And this is not just a matter of positive thought, even though I believe that Christianity is by far the most uh, powerful, absolutely foundational uh, mindset healthy mindset of every paradigm that man has created. This one having been created by the father of the universe. That is so true, Cindy. And in the American culture of life, we think about Thanksgiving um, is um, about getting, basically. It's kind of the way we, we um, have pictured Christmas uh, in our culture. It's what am I going to get out of this? And so often when families come together, uh, we don't see peace. And Paul said very specifically in Colossians 3.15, he said, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and in step with each other. And, you know, when we have holidays, they don't always bring peace to families. Um, Every day we are to pray and serve the Lord Jesus that we might live at peace and serve the Savior. That's what Paul told young Timothy. And so as we think about Thanksgiving, uh, we've got to be willing to give up a little bit of what it is that we demand every day for our own happiness. And that means that when we've got a house full of, of uh, I wouldn't say visitors, although lots of times... You know, Thanksgiving or holidays are visitors. It is that we should be in an attitude of just praising God for the opportunity we have to serve others and not let all these little entanglements become so much a part of our life. And as we look at Thanksgiving and as we look back on it, you know, from the week that we've had, sometimes we come away disappointed because we didn't get all of our needs met. And so when we look at leadership, we look at, at King David uh, when he 
um, made that major decision that he would bring unity to the family of God through to the Hebrew uh, family. He knew that it was going to take great uh, management. It was going to take great energy. And that it was going to be, uh, you know, really filled with a lot of discord. And yet, in, in this scripture that we've been looking at, how it is that God wrote on his heart, it's time for two things. It's time for celebration, and it's time for uh, organization. As we bring back into focus who it is that we are serving And so as King David brought the covenant in, you know, for that day of special Thanksgiving that we've been talking about, it was a joyous occasion, and everybody had a part. He assigned some of them singers. He assigned some of them workers. Very specifically, he was told by the Levites how to handle the Ark of the Covenant. So when we look at a week like we've had of Thanksgiving this week, we have to go back and revisit again what it is that we are here for, what it is that that the Lord has placed us in the family where we are, and what it is, Cindy, that we can do to make it better for them, not just better for ourselves, but better for them. Well, I want to talk about that for a moment because we have introduced here uh, several principles. We have all together... Uh, we have seven principles of the life God intended, thanks living. And as we unpacked First Chronicles 16.8, where David is uh, bringing the people of God into a place of praise and thanksgiving, he, they come back to that place of re- majoring on the majors. Mm-hmm. You know, you can major on the minors. Or you can major on the majors. Now, even majoring on the majors, sometimes, you know, if we're born into difficult families, if we if we're if we're born, uh, perhaps we've we've never experienced uh, the love that we had hoped to have in the middle of our immediate family. You know, there. Once again, we're not talking about uh, a perfect world. But, you know, one of the things that God said about David, because he was an imperfect man. He was. He but said he, he had a heart, heart for, for God. God. You and know, for others. That's right. And so sometimes we forget that the purposes of God in our life is that he's transforming us mm-hmm. from the inside out. He's transforming our hearts. And so when we look at First Chronicles 16 and 8, And one of the first things in that verse is, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds amongst the people, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders and glory in his holy name. Why does he ask us to do that? This can sound so lofty. Mm -hmm. This can sound heavenly, ethereal, right. But the truth of the matter is, is if we do not open our mouths, and praise God, then how are those who have yet to encounter God going to know of his great works? If they've been down in a hole in a bunker their whole life, 
and they've not personally yet experienced the greatness of God or even the possibility of God, such as a child in a faraway place in a mountainous village or in a jungle village Mm -hmm. who's never had a pair of shoes or never had a toothbrush, never had a book of any kind. You know, when that package arrives all the way through there, possibilities began to open up. And that's what, on the most plain and practical Mm -hmm. terms possible, we praise God so that he's made known to others. And to strangers, Cindy, we don't always know what words of encouragement we are giving to just, um, just the clerk at the grocery store or at at Walgreens and uh, any of those places where people are are struggling. One of my favorite things to say to children and grown men, young men, is if they open a door for me or they do some kindness to me in in a strange situation. I know exactly what you're going to say. What do I say? I've heard you say this to a dozen pilots. Your grandmother would be proud of you today. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I used to say your mother would, and then one day it dawned on me, as, as grandchildren uh, become so much a part of your life as small children, and generally, if you know, if your family is tight, they're close together, that's true. But as, and this is really true of, of holidays, Cindy, and that's the reason the one, one of the reasons I'm, I'm thinking about this today, is each time you have a child or grandchild or great-grandchild for some, Mary, it changes the family structure because you enter a whole new family into the mix of how you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving or how you're going to celebrate Christmas. And so where I used to think lots about mothers, now think about grandmothers. And so I'm thinking that, you know, with my great-grandchild someday, you know, I know she's going to make me proud. Uh, She makes me proud now. But it is a way of expressing gratitude to somebody that may not have thought about why it is we do these things. We do them for strangers specifically so that they will get a picture of what real gratitude is and and. What giving is, is we give a word of encouragement, that's giving away part of our time and our talent. You know, Evelyn, I have a quick story about our nephews who were trying to earn money for uh, to put in the bank for some things they wanted for summer. And so they went to uh, their grandmother's house and offered to wash her car. And so they were out there washing the car, and before too long they came in and they said, well, it was so hot, and they were wringing wet, and it was like, we're done. So she came out there, and she looked at it from the front door, and it looked awesome. Well, then, and so, of course, she paid the boys, and she was grateful, and they were grateful, and they went their separate ways. And the next day she went out to get in the car, and on the driver's side, they'd only washed half the car. They washed the half that they did. She could see from the front door. And so today we're talking about what do we do in our lives where we go halfway versus the plan of God where we're going all All the the way into Thanksgiving. This is Love Talk on the Word. (laughs) 
Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word that is 99.3 and 98.5, information with inspiration, information, information with inspiration, okay. Those are hard words. That's right. Uh, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com where our audio portion of uh, these programs is posted up and also where you can catch uh, related blogs. Evelyn, as we went out on our break, we were walking through the seven principles that have to do with thanksgiving coming out of 1 Chronicles 16 and 8. And we talked, we were reviewing the first three of them, uh-huh. which was to make him known to others. We praise God so those who have never had an encounter with God will start thinking, hmm, you know, there's this there's this possibility of something bigger than myself, outside of myself, that beyond my circumstances. And then we talked about praise as a way for us to seek a relationship with God. You know, praise is that the outer courts of praise are the mm-hmm. gates through which we enter into the deeper, more intimate places of uh, with God. And we cannot forget that as we praise God, we establish an atmosphere of glory. Right. And believe it or not, our works, our worth to God are, is not established by our works. But it is established by our praise and thanksgiving to God, by our worship and adoration. And we partner with him. We actually mm-hmm. enter into the glory of God through praise and worship. We share in his glory as we praise him. And it is in that place that we find our worth, not in our works. Right. See, and he, the scriptures say he inhabits the praise of his people. So, you know, even, you know, when you're trying to get the rolls on the table, uh, now, you know, we're getting ready to put up the Christmas trees, you know, oh, Thanksgiving. Do you know, when, not even go there. You're doing all that and then just planning all the extra activities we have. We start, we need to remember Thanksgiving as we go into Christmas because the scripture says he inhabits the praise of his people. And so that means that not only are we to praise him, but we're to praise others in our life. That's why I do that little thing. Your grandma would be proud of you. But when we're looking at doing that and, and we know that this is part of the hallelujah life, then there has to be, um, very special basket filled with a very special ingredient. And that ingredient is mercy. It's mm. mercy. We cannot, you know, sometimes situations get so bad that we we have to move into grace and give mercy. And so, you know, as we've looked at, you know, we, we make him known to others. Uh, we develop a relationship with him because he doesn't have it the praise of his people. The, his his covenant in blessing, his covenant for blessing never ends, Cindy. It never ends. Whether we do it right or we do it wrong. I wish that this was the part that everyone could grab hold of for the rest of their lives. And you said it so well. The covenant of blessing is forever. Ever. God establishes a covenant. And he doesn't just establish it with us. He establishes it with himself. 
And he said, this is why we started with the promised one, where we walked through these ginormous. You think the, the debt is big? Let me tell you, the promises of God so far overwhelm any earthly debt that that is what we should put our eyes on because he doesn't forget it. This is why we want to live in the pro- into the promises of God, in the presence of Absolutely. God, because then we are walking in the covenant of God, which he himself says that he will fulfill. He's and he and it is through that that we are not forsaken. It isn't you can't just bring your circumstances to God over and over again. You've got to remember the promises and the purposes and the plan of God mm-hmm. and live into that. But I want us to talk about mercy because I will tell you, <laughs> oh, mercy, I need it, Mary. <laughs> I mean mercy when I see the Christmas lights up the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I feel like. OMG, I'm out here, I'm in the grocery store, I'm waiting through 12, 12 deep people, <laughs> I'm trying to put a menu together, and there are people that aren't in their Christmas tree up. I feel so rushed. Mercy, Lord, but let's let's talk about it in a sweeter way, because we're going to go in to this season of remembrance with mm-hmm. our families. And when we talk about God's mercy enduring forever, it isn't just that I recount what God has done for me. Beware mm-hmm. of that me, right. I, I mentality. Right. Because here's what he's saying, especially in, in the First Chronicles 16, 8. He's saying that God's promises are ancient and that he had protected and provided for the generations before him. Ellen, I don't know about you, but I have a rich oral history of storytellers in my family. That's maybe one of the things you and I have in common, mm-hmm. of the incredible provision and protection that took place for my forefathers in the wild and woolly times, the pioneering times of the wild West, You know, we not only have the biblical examples of what God has done for your Mm -hmm. forefathers and my forefathers, but we have a history for what he has done for our families, our immediate families, and for our forefathers in this country. Thanksgiving is about living that thankfulness of knowing that it is God who protected us in a foreign land. God protected us when there were no shelters, when boats were coming ashore, or when wagons were coming mm. across plains. And uh, when when uh, hostile territories, when our forefathers walked into those, it was it was God often that went before us. It is God through his mercy... That endures forever. And so here we are at this point looking at both the historical nature of mercy where David's saying, remember, and I think all leaders should say this to their people. Remember, the heads of households should be saying this. Mothers should be saying this to their children. Children should be saying this to one another. Neighbors should be reminding each other of the goodness of God, the protection and the provision of God. 
And so that's what this is talking about at this particular moment. That's true, Cindy. And, you know, we have got a basket filled with mercy with the pioneers that came in this nation. You know, that's what we celebrate a lot at, at Thanksgiving time as we begin to move into the Christmas season. Is we think about the forefathers that came before us, where King David here was talking about how the enemy had come against Israel. Uh, how they had gone into the land of Canaan and they had to fight the wild animals. All of those things that pulled together, where they pulled together, didn't have enough to do the work that needed to be done. And it was through God's mercy, God's mercy, that he shoveled into them the things that they needed and built into them leaders that they could follow. And that was very evident as David began to fulfill the covenant of of thanksgiving as they put together a means to do that during this particular time in history. But when we look at where we are in our nation today, sometimes we, we never get past our front door to say, thank you, God, for the mercy that you have put on our nation, especially a year like we've had this year when water has been so scarce, when the when friends and neighbors have had their houses burned down because of, of a disaster, when we think about the mercy that has fallen on America during times of great terror that are happening in other places, Cindy, in Egypt today or in Turkey, we, we've got some things that are going on in our nation that need to be corrected. But by far, we are a blessed people. We have many different ways, even as we approach the Christmas season, of making joyful times for families through the brown Santa, through the blue Santa, through our friend um, um, Randy Willis, who's doing a a huge thing, uh, uh, his birthday party, where he'll have a 1,000 people who'll come and bring toys uh, for children. These are the things that make America great. These are the things that show us that we are people, by large, of mercy and of grace. And so as we make that movement from what we're talking about in history with David to the time in which we live today, there are some things that we need to do to show that we do have an attitude of gratitude. Well, Evelyn, that was a, a great word picture of the choices that we make in our life. You know, oftentimes we do not choose the circumstances of our lives. Even when we recognize the stories um, that have gone before us. You know, as you faced the murder of your brother, mm-hmm. as you know, as I faced the loss of children and hopes and dreams, you know, as we each have faced you know, critical health issues along the way, we have we come to a fork in the road over and over and over again. And what David was trying to do as a leader and what we all must do as leaders within Christendom is choose that what you see. It is as if you are the spies in the land of Canaan. What do you see? Do you see the giants? Mm-hmm. Or do you see the promised land? And that's what Thanks Living is all about. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about God's mercy and how it's carved in stone. This is Love Walk, Love Talk on the Word. 
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word. That is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch Evelyn and I. Our audio portion on lovetalknetwork.com and our blogs. Ellen, as we were uh, went out on the last segment, we're talking about God's mercy, and we set the stage by by talking about the importance of a leader who comes to set the mind, who comes mm-hmm. to show the way of a mindset for people, a healthy mindset. How to walk that talk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it isn't just that we uh, look back and remember because we're nostalgic or we just miss the good old days, because you hear a lot of that. You hear a a lot of people going, I wish we were back in the good old days, a lot of lamenting, (laughs) you know, but but that's not what we're talking about. We, We look back sometimes to know where we have come from, and we look back in order to recount the blessings and when we are looking back it is only for the purposes of looking forward Mm -hmm. of knowing that in our lives the constancy of God we may have constant changes we may have constant trials and tests but the constancy of God far outweighs that. And so we talked about the historical perspective of mercy, but I want us to talk about mercy that is uh, buckets of mercy that are fresh every day. Every morning. Some of us need those buckets. Some of us need barrels, <laughs> and some of us need big dump trucks. Or covered mercy. wagons. That's right, to come and just uh, dump a, a boatload of mercy at our doorstep. And I and I had read this little story uh, that you provide, and I love this. It's called Carving Blessings in Stone. And it's a story of two friends, John and Jim, who had grown up together, had always been friends, knew everything about each other, and they'd had their ups and downs, and they often went hiking with each other. And this particular time, they were hiking through the desert. And at one point, they had a serious argument about what direction to go and just attitudes in general. Well, John slapped Paul in his face. Now, that's pretty serious. Not as serious amongst men, I think, as sometimes amongst women. But when you're out in the woods or the wilderness or the desert, in this case, and you find yourself getting lost, you can get pretty testy. Well, Jim, who got slapped, was hurt. But without saying anything while they were walking through the desert, he wrote in the sand, Today my best friend slapped me in the face. And they kept walking, and finally they found a place that was covered. They found a place that had water. They found a place that they could take a bath. And Jim, the friend who had slapped uh, uh, John, the friend who had slapped Jim, got stuck in the mud. And Jim came to pull John out. And after Jim recovered from near drowning, he wrote on his stone, he said, Today my best friend saved my life, pulling him from that mud. And so John, the one who had, you know, first done the the slapping and Mm -hmm. as the things, he said, After I hurt you, you wrote in the sand, and now you're writing on a stone. Why is that? 
And his friend replied this. He said, when someone hurts us, we should always write it in the sand where the winds of forgiveness can erase it away. But when someone does something good for us, we do what? We engrave it in a stone where no wind can ever erase it. Evelyn, some of us have been writing the offenses in our lives in stone. And we've written the things that were good and lasting in the sand. And we've forgotten them and they've blown away. When in fact we need to be doing the opposite. How do you speak to someone's heart who's maybe it's time to let the sands blow away some of those things so that mercy, which is the instrument that we use to write the blessings of God in stone, how would you advise them? Well, Cindy, we have to behave our, our way to joy and to happiness. We looked at that message uh, Paul gave Timothy uh, in Colossians, and he's where he said, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, the peace of Christ, and in step with each other. Uh, he said, give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using common sense. So when we're writing offenses uh, in sand, uh, then we give the Lord an opportunity to make uh, the broken pieces come together. When we write the good things in stone, it becomes a memorial, a memorial to the good things of our life that God has blessed us with and that we can bless others with. But we have to behave our way into goodness, into happiness. We can't just go whichever direction we want to go. Paul said, none of this going off and doing your own thing. You cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, his message, have run of the house. Now, that's true if we're talking, Cindy, of our own personal goals, our own personal uh, disappointments. We have to go back and think. God, that Jesus loved us enough that he came and paid that price for us. It's also true in a family. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about a time in my life that was so difficult when my brother was murdered. Through the course of family relationships, and some good and some bad, we lost contact with uh, his children, my brother Jack's children. And it was basically the result of a number of issues that I won't, you know, name today because we are streamed live and and my nieces can pick this up. So I don't, you know, we don't want to put blame anywhere where there's blame. But just recently, as a result of the digital world in which we live, we were able to get in contact with my father, with my brother's children, and specifically. Uh, his youngest daughter. She is going to join us for our Christmas celebration. And she is so thrilled to have the opportunity to do this. And we are thrilled to have her. You know, when we write those things, those hurts and those pains in the sands of time and let God's mercy and God's grace use them to develop in us that that attitude of thanksgiving, that attitude of thanking him and trusting him 
with those hurts and those pains of life, then we can go back and know that if they are written in sand of the disappointments, that he can rewrite them in stone in our life as we really celebrate what it means to be an instrument of his mercy an instrument of his grace. You know, Evelyn, you've just uh, given a great Rx prescription for how it is that we end up uh, not with a a stony heart, Mm -hmm. but with uh, a heart that's filled with thanksgiving, a heart that's that's not disappointed, not, not full of regret, um, you know, there are there are a couple of other things that, that we can just quickly run through. And uh, in terms of how it is that we have a, a mindset, a healthy mindset for living in Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, here's one that I can certainly relate to. So here's is it a, a good one? Yeah, it is. Here's one. That massage felt wonderful. Now, you know, I live... Oftentimes in agony, uh-huh. and that is not an overstatement. I have a chronic, very painful uh, autoimmune disease, and uh, recently I have gone to a massage therapist who literally breaks the tissue uh-huh. down so that the, some of the diseased cells can can be and the crystals, yeah. yes, can be let loose. <laughs> Release. It takes, I mean, it takes, you've got to have your big girl cowboy boots on to do it. <laughs> but I'm reminded every time I leave there that that massage is wonderful. Well, you know, I if I said anything, I'd, I'd have to say that I'm very healthy for a lady my age. <laughs> you know, you have to think about those things, Cindy. We, You know, we can moan and groan if we don't. You know, someone doesn't treat us well, or if we don't, we don't feel well, or we don't get what we think we deserve, or we give more than we get back. But when God's grace measures the experiences of our life, and we write the good things on stone, it's like we go to ground zero and pick up that life of Jesus Christ, where he says, every day, Evelyn, go to ground zero and pick up my cross. And that cross is not representative of death. It is representative of life. Pick up my cross and follow me. Then we do become an icon to families, to to people in our neighborhood, in our churches, in our nation, that we are blessed. But, Cindy, there are those that are listening to us today that don't have that blessing. And so I would say to you today, you have to start at ground zero. You start with Jesus. You have to acknowledge, first of all, it's ABC. Acknowledge that apart from him, you cannot be a happy person. You cannot be a fulfilled person. And then the B is believe that he loves you. That he came for that purpose, to give you new life. And then C is to really commit your life to him. And ask him to come in and live his life in you. That is the plan of love for the ages. Where it runs from old covenant to new covenant, Cindy. And it is the thing that on a day-to-day basis can fill up our basket or our bucket every morning with mercy and grace. Evelyn, you couldn't have said it better. And so we would leave you with this. Write your offenses in sand and your blessings in stone. This has been Love Talk on the Word.
Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word 99.3 and 98.5 in Austin, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison Salazar, Casa Mechanical Services, Hill Country Landscape, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.